All right, news roundup, information overload hour, 800-941-SEAN is our number if you want to be a part of the program. So tomorrow is Election Day. Uh, we have the New Jersey's governor's race, uh, which is a lot closer, according to Trafalgar and Robert Cahaley, than, than many had been predicted. And most polls now show late deciders breaking hard for Glenn Youngkin in the Commonwealth of Virginia. It's going to be fascinating. Most recent polls now have Yunkin up by two. Uh, we're going to see what happens. Uh, anyway, uh, one of the big issues to come out of this is the issue of Loudoun County. We we're talking about this with Newt Gingrich and Terry McAuliffe's comments about parents' involvement in their kids' school and, and teachers. But one of the biggest controversies to come out of Loudoun County uh, was what happened in one of the bathrooms and one of the one of the schools where apparently a rape had taken place. Apparently a transgender student goes in, a rape t- an allegation of a rape takes place. The police are fully informed. It was fully reported upon. Uh, then that student transferred to another school. Now, obviously, the, the student pending the investigation with the presumption of innocence and due process uh, should have at least been at home under some type of confinement until you get to the bottom of it. Just simple common sense. That didn't happen. And then the supervisor denying any and all knowledge of all of this, which I find impossible to believe. Now, when law enforcement officials were asked about it, they confirmed that reports had been given to them very early on. And then the question is, what did, did the superintendent lie? Is it possible that he, the superintendent didn't know who knew what, when, and where? Now, that's where our friend Luke Rosiak comes in. He's an investigative reporter. He's with the Daily Wire. He has two pretty big stories out on McCullough, uh, both one last week, one this week, exposing how, you know, as a candidate and pathetic he really is, but he also goes and does a deep dive into what happened in this case. Uh, thank you, sir, for being with us, because schools now have become front and center in the Commonwealth of Virginia. They sure have. Good to be with you, Sean. Let's start with what we do know. We know that an allegation of rape was made, transgender student, in a bathroom. Let's go there. Sure. So on May 28th, um, a, a girl said that she was raped by a, a, a male in the girl's bathroom there. Um, the police, you know, came and, um, they, you know, the kid was, was later charged and ultimately convicted. Um, three weeks later, the school board was trying to pass a transgender policy involving who would be allowed to go to what bathrooms. The superintendent was asked, have we ever had any sexual assault in our bathroom? And he said, no, point blank. Um, now, the, the father of the victim was in the, in the auditorium that night watching the school board. So he understandably became mad. And uh, he was arrested for disorderly conduct, and he was, you know, his face and image was kind of spread throughout the media as the face of this, quote, domestic terrorist movement of angry parents. Um, well, let me backtrack you know, a little bit. Now, the parent was demonstrative. The parent was obviously angry. The, the parent knew that this had happened, in this case, to his daughter. Um, and he had definitely assumed that everybody on that school board knew, correct? Yeah. Uh, I, I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't know what he assumed, but he, the superintendent was asked point blank, have there ever been any incidents? And, and he said no. Uh, you know, they also reported zero sexual assaults to the state, which they were required to do. So there was clear dishonesty. There was a motive. They didn't want this rape to be known because it was inconvenient to the, the ideological policy that they were looking to pass. Um, 
And, you know, ultimately the Loudoun County admitted that, you know, he made a false statement and they also failed to fail to report it. Um, and they, they wound up blaming uh, Title IX, which was sort of an allusion to the Trump administration. And, and that rhetoric kind of falls apart. By the way, Title IX, indicated. which allows equal access to scholarships and athletics uh, for female athletes. But but let me go back and step back one second. What was the political agenda they were trying to protect? They were trying to pass the transgender policy, which involved who would be allowed to go into what bathrooms. And so if it had been known when they were trying to pass it in June and uh, July and August, uh, it would have been a lot harder for them to pass that policy. So in other words, they purposely didn't want to acknowledge it for that reason and then failed the reporting requirements as by law, correct? Correct. Okay. Now, when law enforcement was approached, they confirmed that a report was given. And then we discovered that, in fact, the student who who was who who had the allegation made against them that that student was just transferred to another school. Why would they transfer that student rather than put them on at least a temporary suspension or in home learning of some kind until they could ascertain the, the truth or or veracity of this? They're claiming they thought they had to wait until after the police had finished doing their thing, but that is sort of contradicted by the rules. The police just have to finish gathering their evidence, which they took a rape kit that day. The kid was arrested in July, um, so the, the police's evidence gathering stage was over. They had plenty of time to move to, to, to take the kid out of school well before he started this new school year in late August, early September, where he then... Uh, assaulted another girl you know, on October 6th in a classroom. So, uh, yeah, the, the blaming Title VI and Title IX uh, doesn't, doesn't really make any sense. And as you indicated, they kept these kids home from school for over a year uh, because of coronavirus. They have all the virtual learning. They'll still make you in virtual learning if you don't wear your mask properly. So the idea that they couldn't have put this kid on virtual learning, you know, you can do it if you don't wear your mask properly. But if you're a suspected rapist, we can't put you on virtual learning. That never made much sense. How soon after the incident... Did they confirm, in fact, that there was a DNA match? Uh, yeah, I think it took a while for the for the results to come back. But, I mean, he was arrested in July. So there was enough time to, um, you know, to obviously before this before the new school year started for this kid to be back in school. Yeah, I mean, it's unbelievable. Now, when the father was in this meeting and they denied any knowledge of it, um, the father became pretty animated. But from what I understand, the father wasn't violent. The father was just loud. Is that true? Yeah, I mean, he says that a, a woman in the crowd, a, a parent who's involved in that infamous Facebook group, the anti-racist parents of Loudoun, um, was saying, I don't believe your daughter. And so you can see on video, uh, the cops kind of put, put their arm on this guy, and he jerks away, and that's when he starts res wrestling with the cops. Um, but it was, a, you know, a minor disorderly conduct charge, um, but they actually saw jail time for him, which is totally unusual for a, for a misdemeanor like that. I mean, it is pretty unbelievable. Now, what happened when they transferred the kid to another school? Well, just a few weeks after school started, he was arrested for abducting a girl and holding her in a classroom against her will and some sort of uh, groping or physical uh, sexual contact there. Um, so last week, you know, after a lot of the media was ignoring the story or saying it's all been it's unconfirmed, blah, 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 it's all been confirmed now. I mean, the kid was convicted in juvenile court last week. He admitted he was wearing a skirt even at the time, and he said, my watch got caught on my skirt, and that, that caused me to accidentally rape this girl. Uh, yeah, the, uh, good luck with that argument in court. I don't think it's going <laughs> to yeah, go very far. They used to say, my dog ate my homework. That was the excuse in schools, but we're living in a different world now. It's my watch got caught on a skirt.
Now, as I've been following your reporting, you took it even a step further when you found out that a McAuliffe Link law firm was fighting the Virginia student and family that said she was gang raped. Tell us about that. So that's a different rape, but it's very it's very important because kind of the themes that have emerged in this race have been parents versus special interests, and special interests include teachers' unions and school administrators whose um, incentives and whose interests are certainly different than those of parents. Um, so when Loudon said, because of Title IX, Title IX did not afford enough protection to victims. So we're going to go to, to Washington and lobby for more protection to victims. Well, turns out Terry McCullough's former law firm, who he left just to run for governor and who held a fundraiser for him just two weeks ago, their whole a lot of their business comes from representing school systems' interests um, they've been paid nine million bucks by Fairfax County Public Schools, right next to Loudoun County, since 2019, when when the call came on board. And so they're routinely fighting parents and fighting um, sexual assault victims, alleged victims, on behalf of the Fairfax County Public Schools. And one of these cases is not particularly interesting, except that they're using the lawyers are using it to set a precedent. They want to take it all the way to the Supreme Court. And what they want is for Title IX to become less favorable to victims and more favorable to school administrators. So it's kind of like the debate around qualified immunity around cops. Should you be able to sue a cop? It kind of gets into that for teachers. Like if teachers knew about some problem, kids being preyed upon, should you be able to sue them? So the National School Boards Association, which is the same group that called the victim of the, the rape victim in Loudoun a domestic terrorist, they filed an amicus brief uh, with this case, which is Terry McAuliffe's former law firm is trying it, is representing, is, is, is the lawyer for this case, Fairfax County Schools, National School Board is the amicus. They're going up against um, like 23 uh, human rights, like women's and human rights uh, groups to basically set this new precedent uh, that would make it uh, so that school administrators can't be held responsible. Um, in a second case, is way more horrific. It involves alleged gang rape inside of a middle school against a 12-year-old. And so, you know, Terry McAuliffe has paid over a quarter million bucks a year by this firm. Um, they're they're suing another parent who's the mom of a special needs child because she got a FOIA, she got documents under FOIA from the school system, and they say she shouldn't have those documents. So the point is. Um, Terry McAuliffe is linked very strongly to the special interest group that is school administrators, and they routinely go after these, these, these um, you know, the parents and some of these poor girls who say that uh, they were horrible things were done to them in schools and the administrators uh, didn't do anything, and they allege the same thing that we saw in Loudoun, which was the concealment of those horrible incidents, um, which school districts have many reasons to, in Loudoun, as we discussed, you know, it's a pretty clear motive that they didn't want, the, the because of the guy wearing a skirt, they didn't want that to come out. But school administrators routinely conceal problems in schools because it's good for their careers. It, it makes the optics better. Um, it, it makes their schools look better. Um, it, it prevents them from, you know, uh, you know, getting in trouble and having a lot of scrutiny on them. It makes the statistics look better. And so there's this whole uh, people are really starting to wake up to this idea that it's not enough to just say, oh, I support education. I want my kids to have an education. So I'm blindly going to support the school administration bureaucracy, um, the, the bureaucracy of schools and parents are very often at odds with each other, and McAuliffe is, is clearly in, in the camp of the school administrators. 
it's amazing to me how this now has become front and center, especially in the Virginia's governor, the Virginia governor's race. Uh, Luke, it's been too long. Uh, we appreciate you being with us. Great reporting as usual. Thanks for keeping us in the loop. Thank you, Sean. All right, quick break. We'll come back. Back to the phones. Eight hundred nine four one. Sean, our number as we continue. Sleepy Joe just signed more executive actions in one week than most presidents did in their entire term. So much for democracy. Looks like Joe is the new dictator. Hannity's on right now. And as we continue, back to our busy phones. Big time, AJ Houston, Texas. What's going on, baby? Big time, Sean Hannity. Hey, What's going on? happy Halloween to everybody, even though Joe Biden didn't give out no candy to nobody. <laughs> <laughs> he nodded off earlier today at the climate change conference. Uh, he probably could have used a few, a little bit of sugar in his system, but go ahead. Hey. I know that's right. Hey, Sean, but let, uh, uh, Mr. Gingrich, you know, I love that contract with America. But, let, Sean, let me ask you something. When these politicians, when they take the oath of office, don't that supposed to be the contract that they're supposed to follow when you take the oath? That's supposed to be you taking the oath to be true to the people of the country you're supposed to be working for? I thought that's what an oath meant. Did, did I miss anything, Sean? Even though no, nah, you didn't you miss anything. Contract and da 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 da. But what you know? What but the one thing that a contract for? does is it puts it in writing. You know, because people forget words. People are very busy, and and one of the things we try to do regularly on this show and on TV is remind people of the words of these elected officials because they lie all the time. And they promise one thing and they do another thing and th their hypocrisy, you know, knows no bounds. And it's kind of our job to point it out whenever we can. And in Joe Biden's case, it's pretty easy to do. It's pretty. But, Sean, let me ask you this. Now, when Obama walked in there, he promised blacks and white color ain't got nothing to do with it. What all he was going to do. But now, since we knew he bamboozled everybody, and we've been knowing this for decades before Obama, how the politicians come in there and tell us what they're going to do and then get done. But Donald Trump, in my lifetime, I thought I'd never see nobody that do what they said they were going to do. But Donald Trump originally did basically what he said he was going to do, and I thought I'd never, ever see this. And then they come back and stick us back in the same boat that we left from in the 50s and 60s again. No wonder the black children's schools are going to be messed up in the hood. No wonder everybody else's school is going to go to the hood. I mean, look what they're doing. And then we got people supposed to be working for us. You know I go off on a Monday. And they they, they not doing their job. I walk. I don't want to hear talk. I want to see y'all walk. Here's the, walk. the thing, eight, big time. You and I don't have a chance tomorrow. But the people in the Commonwealth of Virginia and New Jersey do. And I hope they take advantage. I never thought things would take a turn this quickly and deteriorate this quickly as has happened under Biden. It is an unmitigated disaster. We cannot vote these people out fast enough as far as I'm concerned. Big time. We love you, man. Got to roll. 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program?
Standing up for what's right with America. We're back on the Sean Hannity Show. 25 till the top of the hour. We'll get to your phones in a second here. You know, certain things that are just said just literally infuriate me. I was watching uh, Jennifer Granholm, the energy secretary. You know, remember, Joe Biden now, he's the one that that killed off high-paying career jobs on the Keystone XL pipeline. He stopped exploration in Alaska and the continental United States. He's killing off other great high-paying career energy jobs. The price of energy is going through the roof. We're headed towards $100 a barrel uh, for oil. Uh, Once already, Joe Biden has begged OPEC to increase production. They said no, when all he really has to do is ask Texas and Oklahoma and North Dakota and Alaska, and we have more energy than the entire world combined. We don't need their energy. And he's now artificially reduced the supply. Demand has remained constant. And now we're all paying on average about a buck fifty more a gallon, and it's going higher. And wait till you get the cost to heat your home this winter. It's going to be astronomical. You already feel it at the pump when you when you fill up your gas tank. You, you feel it when you go grocery store shopping. You feel it when you go to your drugstore. You feel it when you go to a restaurant. You feel it pretty much in every aspect of your life. And and this idea, this idiocy of the energy secretary blaming OPEC or Joe begging OPEC and Joe planning, you know, at this climate summit to lecture OPEC again that they need to increase production. Well, first of all, if you're there to save the cl- the climate and stop climate change, does it matter where the oil comes from or does it still have the same impact on the environment for the world? I mean, that's how stupid and illogical their entire position is. And then I heard Jennifer Granholm this weekend, the energy secretary, actually blaming OPEC for the lack of our oil supply. No, I blame Joe Biden and you for the lack of oil supply and the high prices we're paying. This is what she said. The the gas prices, the fuel prices are in the same boat as the supply and, and winter, chain, et cetera. And, and, and winter's of coming. Of course, the gas prices, of course, are based upon a global oil market. That mm-hmm. oil market is controlled by a cartel. That cartel is OPEC. OPEC controls more than 50% of the petroleum supply and more than 90% of the petroleum reserves. So that cartel has more say about what is mm-hmm. going on. Now, on top of it, you've got... Uh, oil and gas industry that can't flip the switch after uh, coming out of a pandemic in the same way that you're seeing with the supply chains. And then the other one that really pissed me off was the Commerce Secretary, uh, Gina uh, Raimondo, you know, literally saying people ask her, well, our Christmas gifts get delivered in time. And you know what a callous, heartless, thoughtless, inconsiderate, non-problem solving answer is? I say call FedEx. That's exactly what Circleback Jen Psaki said. Well, you're not going to get, and also the other woman that said, well, you're not going to get to choose this, your, what you want in 15 colors, but you should be able to get one. I'm like, oh, gee, we need to put on our, our sweaters and lower our thermostats. But listen, it's call FedEx, she says. Listen. So there are reports that those, while the president announced the 24 7 opening, that that's not actually happening out in California. That there's still backups. Business community has been complaining about that. There are backups. And as I said, this isn't something that can be fixed overnight. But the important thing is 
You know, fundamentally, supply chains and logistics are run by the private sector. P you know, people say to me, will Christmas gifts be delivered? To which I say, call FedEx. You know, that, that isn't what the government does. What we are doing, and the president is committed to this, we're using every tool in our toolbox to be supportive, to help, to unstick the ports. Unreal. Then, grilled by Margaret Brennan over dropping paid family leave, uh, didn't particularly have a good answer. Listen to this part. But no. you said paid leave was essential to get paid women back into the workplace, too, and, and that's will, not in this. We will continue to fight for that. You know, no, I don't think anyone ever expected the president would pass his entire domestic agenda in the first 10 months. It looks like he's trying to pass most of his domestic and agenda in the first 10 months. Credit, and this is not in it. This is not but, in it. So the argument, though, throughout this from Democrats has been, if not now, when? This is a unique historic opportunity. It has to go all now in this big bill. And this is something you were so passionate about. And I am still passionate about it. And but this is not going to happen if Democrats lose the majority, is it? I don't believe that's going to happen. Again, the president's package, which, which we believe will be passed very soon, probably, hopefully, this week, provides tangible improvements to people's lives. Better roads, better bridges, better airports, broadband for everybody, child care, public pre-K. It is historic. Mm -hmm. Then we get to work continuing to fight for paid leave. All right, let's get to the phones. Keith is in Virginia. Keith, big day tomorrow. What's going on, sir? Oh, yeah, it's a very big day. We're all excited for that. What's going um, on? I, I, uh, I work for the government now 32 years, and I am faced with the get the shot or get out mandate. And it's just, I don't know, it's unconstitutional. It's against my rights. It's against my religious freedom. But other than filing the exemption, what can we do? I know you got to go vote and change and get all these people out. But uh, up until then, what do you do? How do you get involved and try to try to right this wrong the the answer is you got to get involved it, now the problem most people have is they're too busy and it's a real problem because everybody everybody that i know that's an adult in life and does their job everybody without exception is gulping water you know it's funny because my my son now is is working hard for the first time as a college graduate and he's like dad i just don't have time i'm like i don't have enough time in the day i'm like welcome to the real world there you go. You're gulping water. And I say, buckle up, because that's going to be decades of your life. And but we we cannot just let this go on autopilot. There's got to be time that we set aside and dedicate it towards unifying uh, in terms of where we need to take the country. Or else we're not going to have a country to save after a period of time. If the Democrats got their way and they got their power grab and they packed the court, and they got D.C. and Puerto Rico statehood, and, and they got their way with the filibuster, and they got their way with socialist spending and New Green Deal socialism, and th they would destroy the entire American economy. And with it, our position in the world would decline so precipitously that we'd probably see a hypersonic missile fired daily by China. We see now that the Russians are are pushing their geopolitical ambitions uh, with Ukraine again. And I don't think Joe Biden's going to lift a finger. You see Taiwan and China. China's talking about reunification, flying over, you know, anytime they want Taiwan airspace with their fighter jets. They're sending a clear message. You know, there's talk of allowing the Iranians to get nuclear weapons. You see the saber rattling of Kim Jong-un in North Korea. None of this was happening under Donald Trump because they, they feared Donald Trump. 
They believe Donald Trump. Then, of course, what the mess that is Afghanistan wouldn't have happened if Donald Trump were president. You know, we'd still be energy independent if Donald Trump were president. We wouldn't have the crisis at the border if Donald Trump were president. We wouldn't have the the energy cost uh, crisis if Donald Trump were president. We wouldn't have the inflation if Donald Trump were president. I mean, all of these policies that he put in place worked. All these policies are now one by one being dismantled by the most radical group of of new Green Deal socialists this country ever had. And if they get their agenda through and we don't get engaged and we don't unite and we don't realize the the need of the moment, which is all hands on deck, every single one of us needs to be a spoke in the wheel. I'm a single spoke. All of you listening are a spoke in the wheel. You got to get involved. If you don't want your kid's educational system, you know, turned upside down, you better get involved because people like Terry McAuliffe believe this crap. And that oh, parents have no involvement, should have no involvement in their in their kids' schools. And he's saying, well my, well, my wife and I, we put our kids through school. Four of his five kids went to private school. He didn't even send his kids to the public school system. Why? Because he knows they suck in most places. I'm not saying all public schools suck, but a lot of them do. We have failed our children. It's institutional failure. It's built in at best mediocrity. And in its worst case, it's it's Baltimore, Maryland. 13 public high schools. You don't have a single kid proficient in math. Oh, great. You can't fail any more than that. Anyway, so my advice to everybody is get involved. I'll give you the last word. It's just amazing to see the country go downhill so fast. It, it's, it, it just totally boggles my mind. And that's the fact that he goes against the Constitution and no one has had the wherewithal to impeach him yet. And you just wonder, what are our politicians doing? It, nothing can them, happen with no they have a sovereign nation with our open border. So we've lost that battle already, it seems like. They control every lever, lever of power. There's nothing that can be done until tomorrow in Virginia, New Jersey, and then a year from now. You know, America will decide its own fate. Natasha, Ohio. Hey, Natasha. Hello, Sean. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Well, I'm actually very disgusted. I saw a glimpse of an article where Americans are spoiled um, because of the labor, or not the labor shortage, but the the supply chain shortage. You know, that infuriates me because I think about all my ancestors, what they have went through. I'm a 10th generation American. And my great-grandmother didn't even have an indoor outhouse. She had, out, she had an outhouse, an absolute outhouse. My grandmother grew up during the, press, the, the Depression. I, I feel offended. They fought, they sacrificed and did so much for my future and the future of my other relatives. Well, we have come out of that. We're not in poverty anymore. And we did that on our own. And now the government's like, we're spoiled. No, we worked hard to get the America this way. This is what we wanted. And I'm just offended. But, but understand, now, this is what they have caused. Yeah. you got to understand, in the minds of liberals, they think it's a good thing that America is, you know, that we've ended the Keystone XL pipeline. They think higher yeah. gas and energy prices are a good thing because it'll force people to buy into their new Green Deal socialism, their environmental extremism. They think it's a good thing that we pay more. You know, at one point, Obama even had said it. He tried to backtrack, but he actually came out and said it a number of years ago. Um, the idea that, you know, most people don't know the single best thing for the economy we could do right now 
is immediately go back to energy independence. Now, some liberal, you know, new Green Deal genius comes up with a cheaper, better, accessible form of energy. Um, it could be world changing. But right now, the lifeblood of the world's economy is oil, gas and coal. That's it. And for us to be reliant on the lifeblood of our economy and the world's economy on other people, many of whom don't like us, um, that's not a good position for America to be in. And they're the ones dictating the price. They're the ones that are denying Joe Biden's request to increase production. Joe Biden can increase production right here at home. And in the process, he'd be creating high paying career jobs. In the process, Americans would get the equivalent of a massive tax cut and, and not be paying more to fill their tanks, heat and cool their homes, and, and paying more for every product they buy. It's the single best thing. Probably one of Donald Trump's greatest accomplishments that he never got credit for. And I remember early on when I was interviewing him, I asked him constantly, can you get us to energy independence? And I remember even a private conversation I had with him when he was a candidate about it. And and he understood the need for low energy prices. You keep if energy prices were, were lower, everything we paid for would cost less. We'd save 30 bucks every time we filled up our car. It saved 500 to a thousand dollars this winter on just heating your home. You would pay less for every item that you purchased at every store. That's just it's the best thing we could do. And now you have to ask the question, well, why won't they do it? Because they've got this other agenda now hidden underneath the, quote, environmental new green deal aspect of of this is socialism and redistributionism and a condemnation of capitalism and the means of production. And that's that's where the Democrats want control. That's where they that they get to control everything. But like every other promise that government makes, you know, government schools have failed spectacularly. You know, governments have failed on simple things like law and order to keep us safe and secure. Obamacare promises, none of them were kept. You know, Social Security and, and Medicare are headed towards insolvency. Now they now they got the list of everything else that's going to be free. And there are people that are believing the very people that lied to us on every other promise they've made. We don't need their help. We need them to get the hell out of the way and let us produce our own energy. And it would be great for American workers, great for the economy, great for every taxpayer, every homeowner, great for everybody that owns or drives a car or hires uber everything will be cheaper 800-941-SEAN is a number if you want to be a part of the program all right that's going to wrap things up for today glenn youngkin uh on the ground at a rally he's going to join us tonight on hannity on the fox news channel we'll have full reports of what's going on inside the commonwealth of virginia newt gingrich will look at the polls with robert kahaley matt towery tonight laura trump kaylee mcenany uh, Jack Cittarelli, does he have a chance in New Jersey? And Larry Kudlow, 9 Eastern, please set your DVR. Hannity, Fox, the best election coverage available on your television dial. We'll have the latest tomorrow on Election Day. Thanks for being with us. We'll see you tonight, back here tomorrow. You make this show possible. We can't thank you enough.